Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast with the District Church. My name is Travis, and his name is... You called me Martin today. My name is Matt. Matt's short for Martin, though, correct? Yep. Okay. <laughs> sure is. Uh, this week, we wanted to uh, have a little discussion about kind of the direction that we're going as a church this year with a couple of special emphases and uh, talk about the significance of those and why you, the listener, participating with us means a whole heck of a lot. And so um, wanted to, uh, to just discuss a little bit of that 2023 plan and, and vision. There's a lot going on. There's a lot that's already kind of been happening. We did yep. uh, child dedication. We've introduced elders. In a couple of weeks, we're going to actually establish our first elders at the district. Mm-hmm. We started a series in the book of Romans. We're just roaming through it. Roaming through Romans, as Matt likes to say. Just so you know, um, if you see Matt, just know that he wanted to title the series Roaming Through Romans. Mm-hmm. And uh, we chose not to. We did not. Because Travis chose not to. No, <laughs> well, it's just Romans, you know. I mean... We're not really roaming through it. Roaming seems aimless. We're just roaming about. <laughs> well, here's the part that you probably didn't understand and that didn't didn't hit your ears the right way. Uh-huh. Say the first part of Romans. Rome. Uh-huh. Yeah. Turn that I get in, it. Turn that into a verb. No, I don't think Go you... in the full year. <laughs> Maybe deviating in some different areas. Oh, let's talk about... Something that Travis likes, hair gel and running. That's where we roam away for a minute, and then we roam, we get back. So we're kind of, we're roaming, there's a purpose. We are not taking, just so you know, we don't We don't um, uh, think that taking personal shots against one another is the best way to go, right? Like This was the way that we started. <laughs> this is a do, do what you say, or do what we say, not what we do type of a conversation. Um, no, absolutely. So, so with that, we did the we did the twenty one day prayer and fast, and uh, and had a, a worship night here a week and a half ago, um, and and so it's just uh, there's been a lot that we've that we've that we've been doing, um, mm-hmm. but want to talk today about kind of the the way that we felt God led us to kind of go and in, go into twenty twenty three as a community and why and all that kind of stuff and. Um, we, we, we talked about two things that, again, they're kind of like pedals on a bike, right? They're, if, if we're a Christian, like, <laughs> you're Matt's looking at me as I think it's he's, a- it, what's just gone off in Matt's head is, what? <laughs> I love the bike analogy. I'm very interested to see where you go. Okay. Pedals on a bike, two of them. Uh, we're saying in 2023, the pedals on our bike are being people of the word and being people of prayer, that we want to kind of get those two fundamental practices uh, as engaged as possible in all of our people. That the thing that would saturate us is time in God's Word and and yep. and uh, and prayer. Yeah, being people of prayer. So yeah, I lo- I actually love that analogy. So the face you saw was just my natural face. <laughs> that in general, well, you had a. What <laughs> look on? I don't know. I was just trying. Yeah, that's my. That's just my childlike wonder for what you were saying. But I love the. I love the pedal idea because you can't separate those. If you ever try to ride a bike, 
a janky bike where the pedal's falling off, then you just have that that arm. Yeah. So good um, balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to work well. Yeah. And then, and one informs the other. Yep. You can't you can't really accurately pray or know God's will for your life unless you have the Word of God kind of saturated in you. Yep. And if you are just reading the Word of God and not praying, then you're being disobedient to the Word of God. Pray, yeah. pray without ceasing. Yep. Can, um, can I ask? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Okay. So we, uh, you talked at the beginning of the year. I think this was the New Year's Day uh, sermon that you gave. You were talking about we want to be people of the Word, and you discussed um, the last year, couple years, uh, a lot of the way that we've we've preached and kind of uh, discipled from the pulpit is going more more topical in series. So you talked God and sexuality. We did um, Broken Chains before that. There was, uh, oh gosh, Soul Care. All of these things that, that are going to always be pinned to a biblical text, but it, it is more topical. Mm-hmm. And you talked about, no, we want to be people of the Word. That's what we feel like God's calling us to this year, just to be more more literate, more uh, familiar, able to run back to, to the Word, all of those things. Um, I guess it's a two question. How do you, um, what has led you as you're putting together these sermons and these sermon series? Because that's part of your part of your job. That's what you do. Um, what has led you more to topical conversations and sermons? And and um, I guess the second the secondary part of that question is, other than just this inkling of like we need to be more people of the word. What has brought you into into this decision to go through Romans for thirty two to fifty two weeks? So a topical um, is, is, you know, you almost, when you're sitting down and planning out sermons for six months or a year, you're, you're kind of saying, oh, where, where is our church at? And what do, we, what, what do we think our church, like, needs to either, you know, navigate, learn, <clears throat> um, grow in? And, and so a topical sermon series is, is more, this is what I think would be helpful to our church as kind of a building block on mm-hmm. what we've already been learning. And so we teach, here's the topic of, of uh, you know, we did God and sexuality last year. Here's a really difficult topic that no one really wants to talk about or get into. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it from a biblical perspective. Um, we've done some, like you said, on soul care and how we take care of the invisible qualities, right? Yep. Um, and and so those kind of come and go. We use, you know, we have different people that kind of help to speak into those, um, and and those are those are effective and, and helpful and beneficial, um, and be, because they, they give you a, a focus specific, like we're here to learn about this topic, mm-hmm. and and ideally learn how the Bible speaks into it, what we should do as Jesus followers with it and all that good stuff. The, so 2022 was, there was like, I mean, I, basically every sermon series we did was topical. And, and as we kind of rounded the corner to 2023, um, doing just a little bit like of research. I mean, we started out the year going through that like state of the Bible in America, yeah. you know, report. Yeah. And, Bible usage is down mm-hmm. across the board by significant percentages. Um, more and more people are um, 
walking away from utilizing the Bible as a roadmap for life and, and a guide. And, you know, obviously that means they're not going to get the gospel and they're not going to grow in the story of Jesus. And so seeing that as a problem across the country, then the question is, well, is it a problem for our church? Like, are we people of the word? Are we people who are, are using it as kind of the North star for our lives and, can we effectively read it and then obey it and apply it? And can we effectively read it and tell other people about it? Um, and so uh, the, the other thing is that uh, topical sermons and sermon series are a little bit more difficult to actually form disciple-making relationships out of because you're kind of jumping in and out of series pretty frequently. And so you might have super high engagement on the first or second week, and then the last three or four kind of lag behind at times. Um, When you go through like a book of the Bible, like we're going through with Romans, you can jump in and really engage and really like it's it's, – organic and organizational kind of discipleship because it's here's what God's word says yep. here's what we've been told to do with it and now let's figure out how to apply it in our lives it's very um, it makes discipleship kind of a contact sport in a sense because it, you're you're just engaging with it Sundays and then say so you go to your hub and you talk about it you're engaging with it there too or yep. you, you sit and talk with a friend about it um, it's just a very uh, uh, rhythmic way. You're going through an actual book week in, week out. You're learning the, the form and the narrative and, and scripture and hopefully taking it from your head 18 inches down to your heart and yeah. applying it. So those are some of the reasons we chose to go that route. Yeah. I think it's funny that you described the God and Sexuality series as like people probably didn't want to talk about this. <laughs> you almost have to place that like uh, here's the topic. Here's things that need to be addressed. All right, let's put, let's form fit this this couple of week or couple month series around this question, and then we hopped into Romans, and the second sermon that you gave yeah. <laughs> was to some degree was was echoing the God and sexuality series. Yeah, I just, that's a really funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it's that's the other thing is is the Bible uh, gets a rap of being outdated. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody that says the Bible's outdated, like is that's that's it's they're saying it from a lack of the totality understanding of of the Bible. I mean, yep. there there are countless things written in Scripture that are like, wow, that they, how do they know that then? Because mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm experiencing. It's it's when someone comes up and says after a sermon, like, have you been following me around? And you like, you know exactly what I'm going through because you're speaking right to it. And I'm like, I I don't even know your first name. But yes, but, yes, I've been following. But you the Bible is what we're, we're what we're teaching is it it's it reads us. Yep. It uh, it is a uh, um, like Second Timothy you know talks about it. It's it divides bone and marrow. It's um, useful mm-hmm. for teaching and correcting and yep. training and and so it just speaks to the life. It speaks to heart. Um, you know, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, I, lo- I love the fact that we're roaming through Romans this year, <laughs> uh, just in the sense that that's, that's a big conviction I have. That's the way that God has, has shaped my heart a lot is I, I'm, a, I'm a reader to some degree, and I go after the books I'm reading are not necessarily just commentaries on 
Romans or Second Chronicles. That yeah. sounds a little rough. Um, but like the things I go after are more topical occasionally, and it is interesting to to recognize this desire in me sometimes to go after things that are maybe more reactive or honed into issues I'm having or things I want to learn about, and then the humbling part of like, all right, let's I sit down in a gospel, I sit down in an Old Testament book, I sit down in the Psalms, Romans, whatever, and and God is dealing with my heart through those, and maybe it's not immediately addressing the issues, but the like you're describing the Word of God as a it's a it's a double-edged sword, cuts through bone and marrow, it, it penetrates like the heart. Um, it addresses things that I'm not like privy to recognize, and it also addresses things that I don't see as the issue or things that I need to hear. Yeah. So I always find that fascinating, and I'm always so humbled by the Word of God when I when I sit and I'm like actually sitting down and reading through something rather than like flip my Bible open, bang this like yeah. close my eyes and point. But yeah. when I just sit in there, it's like, all right, God, God put this together in a way where it may not look like it's going to address my specific issue, but instead it almost like undergirds. A good analogy for me is um, we talk about this all the time. You hurt my feelings and bully me about how my body is bad, um, like your basketball team name. Uh, and what I've learned is a lot of the reason why my my knees are bad, my ankles are bad, shout out Justice, um, and then also the Shalers because they Jack and Karina have been trying to teach me this for a while, and I've been trying to hide from them. Uh, it's not always that my knee is bad; it's that my hip isn't working. It's that my my I have terrible hamstrings. It's like no, I I go after the thing that I want to be fixed, and mm-hmm. I think we do this spiritually too. We go after the things that we want to be fixed, the things that we notice, and sometimes I feel like God is pointing, like, no, you're you're missing it, man. It's not your knee; it's your it's your feet, mm-hmm. it's your head. Yeah. So I really appreciate the fact that we're plowing through, roaming through, sitting in, meditating upon. Not see none of those sound good. Roaming through Romans. Well, what, could we be driving through Romans? Yeah, but it's not alliteration. Yeah, but it's like it's like present day with ancient day. Romans was ancient day. We're driving through. Let's drive our cars through Romans. But I think you're missing the fact that it's not alliteration. <laughs> I, know, I know. I get it. It's driving through drivens. It, see, it just doesn't. That sounds nonsensical. The way that you talked about uh, when you when you approach the Bible, though, is 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 a good is a good thing because like um, we we talked about like the the old adage, right? Your the Bible isn't a pair of binoculars; it is a mirror. And so everything that you said there was you saying the Bible showing me, right? Which sometimes people have a difficult relationship with the Bible because they're like, okay, the people that have represented this book have always told me that I'm not living up to it and I'm this and that and all the, and so like people have just decided I don't want to read it because that's that book that told everyone else they could judge me. Yeah. And, and so we kind of have to like try our hardest to set aside, you know, what's happened before with the Bible and we have to say, okay, this is a mirror for me to just come in and read and let God, like, let, let him examine me and then let, mm-hmm. let me reset and, yeah. you know, yeah, well, just, re-surrender. Yeah. And using the binocular and mirror, there's also a part where the Bible, rather than like zoning in on, look at that speck in your eye, 
That's yeah. what Jesus talks about. Like it also is the there's such thing as a biblical worldview, and the word word for worldview is like it's a lens. Yeah. It's the thing we look through. So to some degree, it is, it's a window. It is not a, maybe not a binocular, but it's a pair of glasses or a contact lens too. So we're not supposed to just use it to zoom in and make people feel poorly about themselves, but it doesn't form the way that we see the world. And when we actually get in the Bible, rather than we take somebody's maybe commentary or opinion, there's a lot, a lot of those out there that use scripture to like, this is my opinion. Look, I found a, a Bible verse that, that agrees with this. But when we sit in it and we recognize, like, this is what God says throughout the totality of his word or in, even in this passage, um, it gives us a, a lens through which to see the world, which kind of it stands on top of even just I'm picturing political discourse. It stands on top of it's not just that I need to be a Republican or a Democrat or whatever. No, the Bible, Jesus goes above that. And now yeah. I use that filter that lens that is a biblical worldview and I can point and say, I think somebody's got it right over here. I think somebody's got it right over here. I think they both got it wrong in some areas. Yeah. So it helps us process through how the world operates and how God has formed it without it becoming binoculars where we zoom in and we point out other people's faults or we bully and cudgel people and uh, like feeling, feeling some sort of way. Yeah, no, I th- I think I think it does it does give us that it gives us a worldview for sure. I think what's I think what can become like I'm one of the things that we just talked about um is there there's a an illustration of like the Bible so in Romans, right? Talks about the law. Mm-hmm. What what's that that's referring to the 613 laws mm-hmm. that are written the and mosaic. Yeah. And sometimes we, we have a danger of doing this today. I think we still are in danger of doing this today because the Bible really is complete, but I can't tell you how many discussions I can get into with someone about, well, what commentary are you reading to help you understand Romans or what interpretation of Romans and all of this. And so then you can almost take and say, okay, we don't have 613 laws, right, that we look to and say, okay, those are ours. But we can very easily make laws out of the Bible again. We can mm-hmm. take and make the gospel a law again. We can do. And so it's almost the, the when God, like when I um, let my, like when, when the kids go out in the backyard and play, there is a fence around our backyard. We're right next. There's a couple of streets, like we're in a corner lot. And so cars can come by and it doesn't take anything, you know, kick a ball out or whatever. Um, so the fence is to keep my kids safe and it's out of love, right? You know, the fence is there to to create a boundary and that's a boundary of love. But my, my kids could look at that fence and say, like, um, you're just restricting me. Mm-hmm. You're just holding me away from everything else, right? Um, but the point of the fence is not the fence. The point of the fence is everything that in, is inside the fence that's fun, like the trees to climb, go play wiffle ball, play kickball, play soccer, um, uh, run around with the dog, you know, like, like have fun. And sometimes what people do is they, they, like God intended that we would enjoy the yard. But then some of us take and we use the Bible and we're like, but look at the fence Mm -hmm. and we fixate on the fence and we're just like, 
there's all this fun to do and that we're created and wired for and designed for. And instead of like enjoying the yard, we're just telling everyone like, like here's the fence and don't mess, like don't, you know, this, that, or the other. And, and so there's the, there, there can just be a really odd, uh, relationship that people have when it comes to the Bible, because they can be used to it being a, a rule enforcement agent, and not a thing that's telling me how to actually enjoy this life yeah. and the boundaries that are set up that are good for it. Yeah, that's a fascinating thing that I I had learned in school about about the Old Testament and even the the Mosaic law which we look at and we go, gosh, that sounds tough. I don't that's not fun. I don't like that at all. Um but the way that the Mosaic law, the first 5 books of the Bible came into being is that there was this whole create like this this whole uh, demographic of people, everyone that existed in the world. And we have this, as we talked about in the first, um, the first chapter of Romans, we have this innate recognition that there is God. I think you use this analogy, which I think is really funny that like, or, or significant that like the irony of atheism is even as you're trying to disprove God with like all your theories and everything, you're proving that like there is like, there's something like you're obsessed with this topic. You're putting something out into the, even if you're, um, whatever you're putting out into the world is still marked by the Imago Dei, the image of God. Yeah. And like it's ironic. And you can, you can, uh, appeal to the, so God, if there's a God, there's a standard. And if you deny him and say no, at some point you're going to feel an injustice and you're going to appeal to the standard that you denied from the God. You said it doesn't exist. Yeah. It's all, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But so in the, like the, pre-Moses time, that sounded really dumb the way I phrased that, but like in the ancient world there was a recognition God exists, he's somewhere and that were gods and so people started creating gods making sacrifices to others but they were like petrified of the idea that like if I'm not good enough, which you see with the fence, still even if you don't have the, the biblical fence quote unquote um and so you had these ancient peoples that, that, and you still have this, that are terrified that if I mess up or uh, or one of the gods gets angry, then like they're going to rain down fire on me. It's going to be a storm that comes and destroys my my family. The, it won't rain, like all of these things. So they start offering sacrifices. So these people were and still are terrified of God and have no idea how to interact with him. And here comes the Mosaic law. Here comes God choosing the people of Israel. And he says, here are laws so that you may know me. And so it may go well with you. And I just love that analogy because it's so easy for us to look at the fence mm-hmm. as I'm sure your kids wouldn't do this because your kids are, are spotless because you're our pastor. Right. <laughs> wow. Isn't that how that goes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Everything he's just said. Mm hmm. And uh, instead of looking at the fence as like this is a blessing, this is meant to this is meant to keep me safe. This is meant for me to operate as God has created me. Instead, it turns into this. He's trying to restrain me. He 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 doesn't want me to have fun. It turns into covetousness. Like I want to just like stand up on something or peer peek through like the hole in the fence and see what's going on outside. It's just interesting that like. 
how we change that in our heart and in our mind of like, no, this is here for, for love. This is how you're made to be and like enjoy those things. It's not, it's, and it's not just for safety. Cause honestly, like I'm not a guy, I I don't ever like, I mean, safety is like, okay, keep us safe. That's good. But like, I'm a guy who also wants to have fun. So I want freedom. The fence is also there for freedom Hmm. and people don't, you know, they don't think, think about that enough either. So people sometimes want to leave the yard because they think they're restricted. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, once you leave the yard, you find that you are in bondage yeah. <clears throat> really quickly. And your bond is just your own desires and your own wants and all that. And it just it creates a disaster. So yeah. um, so all, all that being said, like, uh, yeah, we, we want to open the Bible and we want it to inform us, and we want it to be um, transformative. Because honestly, there may be nothing more dangerous than someone who knows the Bible and hasn't been changed by it. Yeah, Satan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we, we, kinda, we can kind of say all we want about different people who say different things about Christianity, atheist, agnostic, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, to know the Bible and not be changed by it might be the more dangerous place. So we don't we, we want to know it and be and be shaped by it. Um, and we want it to transform us. We want it to speak to every area of our life. Um, and and we we want to be a people who like if we say that we're people of the word, that implies we're not just people who are reading the word, but mm-hmm. we're people who are being changed by the word. We're being yep. people who are surrendered to the word and who have like, we're like, Hey, this is our map of yep. where we go and how we go and all that kind of stuff. I, I heard an analogy even this morning that's really potent to me. And there was a guy who was a Christian that was being described by someone else. And, and the description of this man was, if you pricked him, the word of God will bleed out. So it's not just something that sits on the outside of him, like kind of the, the, Old Testament practice of like bear the law on your on your body, but like no, let it in, be internalized. Let it form you so that when you get in a situation where like your your guts are coming out to some degree, like your inner man is mm. being struck, like what comes out is God. Mm. It is His Word. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, that's good. Um, the the secondary. Like not, I guess not secondary is like you know rating it, but the the other the focus, second pedal the second the second pedal to keep us balanced is to be people of prayer, and to be people who are uh, seeking God. We we always you know we started out with twenty one days of prayer and fasting and 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 that that's a you know kind of a uh, we're doing it together, but we're like in our own homes and lives when we when, when we're doing that. We had our prayer and worship night, but just to be a people who. Um, is committed to uh, the type of a relationship with God that mirrors Jesus's relationship with the Father, yeah. and saying, "Man, He was dedicated to prayer. He was de- dedicated to a constant conversation, to both listening to God and speaking to God, and being alone with God, yeah. abiding in the Father. You know, th- those those types of things. And so um, that that focus." Uh, being so much more than a discipline being the relationship yeah and if the the way that jesus prayed it wasn't just a discipline it was a relationship there was time spent there was 
I think I I, I think there was uh, a a real um, deep longing and connection to mm. be with the Father, and that's where prayer was sparked. Um, and a- anything we do at the district and any church in the city or, or wherever, like th- what we do is not more important than 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 what we pray. But in the world and in the culture, it can feel opposite at times. I mean, we've heard the mantra for a couple of years, like, you need to do more than pray. Right. And I think we only say that, we only hear those things um, when we don't understand prayer. Because what is more than prayer? Prayer is a relationship with God. It is our communication with God. And so it's such a deeply divine thing to be a part of that God would welcome first of all God would welcome us to pray is mind blowing in and of itself that he wants to communicate with us and he wants to hear from us not only that but he wants us to be persistent in it like keep asking me keep coming for me keep keep at it keep going like that that's what he's asking us and welcoming us to do is incredible and then in prayer he's like bring everything like you know bring mm-hmm. bring your sorrows and your joys and your happiness and your sadness and you know all of it bring it all um and then his promise like that he hears us yeah. and and that Jesus is interceding for us what is that He's literally like praying for us, praying with us, yeah. joining us in our prayers. Like Jesus is active in that. And, and so when we pray, um, we are learning the will of God. We are surrendering to the will of God. We are letting our hearts be heard. We are listening for God's heart to be heard. We are all of those things. It, it, it is the relationship with God. It's the way that we talk and communicate, listen, and respond to everything that he said saying and so so it's so difficult like i mean this is this is weird this this shouldn't be crazy but like relationship with god and the like to to have a relationship with god is to be people of the word and prayer right you can't you can't have i have got a relationship with god but i don't pray or read god's word um that's we're not talking about the same things there you know so um yeah that's why the, the pedals on our bike is in the word, people in, of the word and people of prayer. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You didn't just, you described prayer as, you didn't say not a spiritual discipline, but like from the mentality of this isn't something that I'm just disciplining myself to do. Like this is my, I mean, you said something along those lines, right? Like this, this is my nature. This is how I walk. Yeah. I'm following Jesus in this way. Yeah. Um, it's insane for me because both of these things, like I'm, I would say I, I am, am pretty consistent in trying to make those things very significant, um, like pillars of my life. Getting in the Word, sitting alone with God, and then praying. Like Those are things that I have been, since I'm a, a Christian, by the grace of God, have been the things that I, I chase after. Those are my, my bike pedals, and I still feel so unnatural doing some of those things. So mm-hmm. even the conversation about about being a person of prayer, like... I hear that and I go, yep, I want to be that. I've, I've read about people that, that are described as people of prayer that God uses, that God um, externally, internally, he's changing them. And then I sit down sometimes and I go, what do I 
do mm. now. And I think there's we've talked about like ways to go about doing that, but I think just even if I'm if I'm listening to this conversation and I don't have a a, a background of prayer, my first thought is like, yeah, that seems like all well and good, and I should do that. And well, just even, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you were you weren't done. I was cutting you off. I was just gonna say the the immediate response I have is a. <laughs> as a book person is, all right, I need to find some books. What is prayer? (laughs) Like, and I think that's, I think that's necessary to some degree, but I think part of it is also like, let the word of God, if we are people of the word, then the other side of the the bike pedal is like, is going to make us people of prayer. So how do we move from, all right, I'm reading this to I'm praying this and it's changing me. Um, Really practically the way that looks, it's counterintuitive, but say, um, and I, I, um, you know, and you know, in ministry, you you kind of you you have conversation. Anybody, anybody, and everybody, if they're struggling with something, they want to talk it through and get biblical counsel. Like always, up for that, right? Like that's I, I love doing that. Some of the best advice for people going navigating difficult circumstances is uh, okay. Oh, we're very psychological about all of our issues today. We we're like we want to think them through and feel them through. Mm-hmm. But the question becomes: Okay, how much have you prayed this through? Yeah. And like, say you're angry at somebody and struggling with like bitterness or whatever. Um, counterintuitive, because I know you don't want to do this, but like, pray for them every day. Yeah. And and just. Just pray for them and ask God to bless them (laughs) and whatever. Just pray and just do that for as long as it takes. Just keep going every day. You know, don't don't set a limit on it. But what people tend to find is that something may may not change in the person they're praying for. But they and their heart begins to change. There's mm-hmm. compassion that grows that wasn't there before. There's an empathy that's there, a sympathy. And then it's like it's almost the forgiveness process of I'm, I need to release this yeah. and ultimately let this go because I'm making this a bigger deal than it is. So prayer has a really – it's so much more than just here's a, here's a, a list of things I'm asking God for. It's 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 a time of conversation with God about everything that you're thinking and feeling right now. Bring it into the viewpoint of prayer, and things begin to change. Yeah, it's interesting the way you just described prayer. It's the same way that we were describing the Word of God. It's like it's a yeah. to some to some degree it's a it's a mirror. Yeah, it points back, and you go, "Oh crud, I'm in the wrong." Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So. Um, yeah, definitely. I think those two focuses and we'll talk about different, uh, areas in each of those in, in the year to come. But, but for us to be people who are, are, um, dedicated to that, um, I was going to share, we, we, we share with our staff, uh, this last weekend, um, just about if, especially if you're, this is something that gets talked about a, a ton. Like people brought this up, like types of prayer. I don't know who are like, kind of brought this out it's very biblical though is it jesus 
maybe was that is he an author? <laughs> it's like, like an extra biblical book. <laughs> um, but here's here's like if you're if you're kind of like wondering even where to begin with prayer because sometimes people start like, they're like okay I'm gonna pray and then they go pray and they're like what what do I do? <laughs> so a couple of ways to think about it is the types of prayer are supplication, which Matt, what is supplication? Supplication is requesting. Okay. From God. Yeah. It's like, Asking for things. Yeah. I'm, I've got thing. I've got needs. Supply and, me. Yes. There you go. We're going to try and simplify these down with Matt's Alli- alliteration. alliterations. <laughs> Matt's, monik- Matt's monikers. Roaming. So supplication is, is, is requesting mm-hmm. things of God. Um, Thanksgiving. Oh, that's... Oh, you're giving thanks. You're thanking God for things. Yes, you're thankful and having a heart that's thankful. Um, mm-hmm. Romans 1 talks about, hey, when do you begin to ignore God? You stop giving him thanks. Mm-hmm. It's a subtle move yep. away. Well, that's a really challenging one, too, because I want to be thankful for things I have. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more. Like, it's the tip of the iceberg of things to be thankful for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you, when you stop and you say <laughs> the old count your blessings. It's a great piece of advice. <laughs> great <laughs> piece roll. of advice. It's one of those ones where we roll our eyes at the cliche and we yeah. go, dang it, i got to do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good one. Adoration. Uh, it's your praises and your adoring, Just, your affections towards God. There's exactly. your adoration. It's like, wow, I'm praying to God, awe and wonder for who he is. It's it's how Jesus starts his, his prayer, like the Lord's Prayer. He's teaching people to pray. Um, our Father, um, hallowed. Mm-hmm. Be your name. Holy is your name. Set apart. You're you're wonderful yeah. and awesome. Like, like a recognition of God's character yeah. and his attributes. Then there's confession. I'm trying to think of an alliteration. Confession is uh getting out the things that you believe and have done and then confessing. Again, yeah. you can go into adoration with this, I guess. Yes. Confessing the things that are true of God. Yep. But confessing conf- confessing what is false, confessing what is true. You missed his hands, but he pointed out, and then like a wave <laughs> returning and just licking at the at your toes on the beach, he returned his hand. And last but not least, intercession. Intercession is standing in the fold for others, praying for family members, friends, children, yeah. neighbors, the government. Praying for other people, yeah. So... So if you want to just create a list of, of, of types of prayer or things to cover in, in a single prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, confession, and intercession. Um, those are all ways that we can kind of uh, approach God and things that we can kind of bring before God. The reason, I, the reason I think those things make a great list is because without a doubt, 1,000%, we've seen each of those types of prayer in Scripture and know that, like, those are the kinds of like conversations the Lord's after. Mm-hmm. He's seeking those. He's he's and each of those requires humility and requires some some slowing down and some recognition of Him and all that He's done. So it's uh, it's a um, you know yeah no brainer yeah. And I think if you're looking for even more direction than that, I have to remember the name of the book. But there's some guy who put something out recently where it was the. The book, I believe, was just called Praying Scripture, hmm. slowing down and processing through like a couple words at a time. And specifically, the Psalms are a perfect place to start with that. 
You like read a little bit, ask a question to yourself, ask God a question, submit something, give thanks that you are not. <laughs> this maybe isn't the most helpful thing, but like read a psalm of, of lament and thank God that you don't have a thousand people trying to kill you. <laughs> like this, just praying through, I think just getting a framework, getting a rhythm with it. Uh, there's zero shock on my face that you're the one that brought up or start with a prayer of lament. <laughs> You do what you want with that. <laughs> but and I, and I would even say, like, for someone who's totally weirded out by prayer mm-hmm. and totally sees it non-spiritual at all, just sees it through the physical lens as, like, I'm in a quiet room and I'm talking to myself, mm-hmm. just begin with this. Like, acknowledge God's presence by just saying something like, Dear God, thank you for today. Amen. Yeah. Like, just begin with something that's just... I'm acknowledging this is... And, and keeping it super simple and not overthinking it because because then and then like keep that refrain going throughout your day because the more that you can keep in your mind that you're in the presence of God, the more your prayer is ceaseless, like the Bible talks about yep. and can just be a constant mm-hmm. and and a, and a support and a, a steady help through the day. so yep. Read the Bible and pray. Amen. Amen.